Hey guys, so good to see you this morning. Thank you so much for joining in with us. Hey, do me a favor, right there where you are, turn to somebody around you and tell them, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, just look at them and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Now look at that same person and just look at them and say, you need a little church, my friend. Amen. Make sure you tag my friend there. Hey, thank you guys so much for being here today. We're going to continue in our series today called Mirror, Mirror. And in this series, we've been talking about how there is a specific way in which God sees us and he wants us to see what he sees. And so we've been asking a question all throughout this series. What do you see? when you look in the mirror? Do you see what God sees? Do you see love? Do you see compassion? Do you see forgiveness? Do you see Jesus when you look in the mirror? Or do you see something else? The sad reality is for so many people, they're seeing something else. So for you, you go to the mirror and you look at the mirror and you don't see what God sees because unfortunately, the sins of your past, even though they're past sins, they're holding you in a present prison. And so you look up here and you say, well, I can't see what God sees. I see drug abuse. I see liar, I see pornography, I see gambling, I see a failed marriage. And so you're, again, you're looking at everything in your past. And unfortunately for so many people today, you have allowed your past to define who you are today. And really all of that is centered around one word and one word only. And that is the word guilt. I mean, you know, guilt is a powerful, powerful word. You know, it's interesting. I was reading a story just the other day about some law enforcement officers in Pennsylvania. And they had a witness and they had a guy that they knew he was the criminal. They knew he did the crime, but they needed a confession. So they brought him in. They sit him down and they actually took a metal colander. Come on, how many of you know what that is? It's put your spaghetti noodles in it. You drain the water out and everything. They put a metal colander on this guy's head and they run wires to a copy machine. Now, before that guy got there, the law enforcement officers had already printed in big, bold letters, he's lying, he's lying, he's lying. So they put all of that in the copy machine. They set this guy down and they started interrogating him. And every time they felt like he was not truthful, the police officer behind the guy would start hitting the print button. And so all of a sudden the guy would look and the copy machine would start spitting out. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. And so the guy was so overcome with guilt he admitted everything he did and probably admitted a lot of stuff he didn't do as well. Now, it's interesting because we, we laugh about that story, but it's amazing that almost anyone can motivate us to do almost anything when they use guilt. Why? Because guilt is such a powerful, powerful thing. And so today, as we wrap up this series, I want to ask and answer two critical questions as it relates to guilt. The first one is simply this, what is real guilt? What is real guilt? And the second one is how is it different from false guilt? So what is real guilt and how is it different from false guilt? So let's look at the first one. What is real guilt? What is guilt? Well, here's what I know. I know how guilt feels. You know how guilt feels. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 38 verse 4, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. 
So we understand the feeling of guilt. We understand that feeling when we do something or say something. We're like, man, I, I hope nobody saw that. I, I hope nobody uh, heard that. We, we understand that feeling. And unfortunately for a lot of people, they feel like, well, the reason why God has put guilt in here is to get me back. It's to make me feel bad. It's, it's God's way of punishing me. It's God saying, you did this, so take that. And, and listen, if you think that, then can I just be honest with you? You don't understand who God is. Listen, God always has a purpose in everything He does, and His purpose is to always, always bless. That's His purpose. And so guilt, therefore, is the warning light that's going off, and it says, hey, something's broke. Something in your life is not right. There's something that needs attention. That's really what guilt is. And so when you get mad at God because of guilt, it's almost like you getting mad because your check engine light came on on your car. You know, it's interesting. When, when I was growing up, I had a vet. Come on, somebody. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I had a vet. Not a Corvette, a Chevette, but but it was a vet nonetheless. And 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 I remember that car. It had so many lights coming on on the dashboard. It looked like a Christmas tree. And so what I would do is I would put tape on those lights. I would put pictures where the lights were. So the only thing I was able to see was the speed odometer and the gas needle. That's all I could see. Because in my mind, I felt like if I can't see the light, then I don't have to deal with it. And don't look, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're riding down the road and your car starts making a funny noise. And instead of addressing the problem, you turn the radio up. Why? Because we, there's that sense of saying, if I don't hear it, if I don't see it, then obviously it'll take care of itself. And some of you may be saying, well, man, I don't do that with my car. But here's the reality. You're doing it with your life. So what I want to do today is I want to help to break the cycle of guilt in your life. And in order to do that, we have to understand that there's two kinds of guilt that we deal with. There's two types of guilt. The first one is what I would call genuine guilt. Genuine guilt. This is the real deal. This is where, you know, hey, you were wrong. You know you were wrong. You hurt someone. You said something you shouldn't have said. You did something you shouldn't have done. And as a result, there's a light on, and that light's not going to go off until you address the problem in your life. So that's genuine guilt. But then there's also false guilt. False guilt, hear me, has nothing to do with what's true or what's accurate. False guilt is usually the fear of disapproval of someone else. That's what false guilt is. And people who are driven by false guilt, they oftentimes feel that they have to live life perfect. Like I've got to say everything the right way. I've got to dress the right way. I've got to do everything the right way. Why? Because I don't want to be criticized by someone else. I don't want to disappoint someone else. And so there's this, this guilt in my life that I'm going to say or do something wrong because I'm living my life for people. You know, someone said this one time, False guilt. If false guilt were a chariot, then fear and disapproval from others is the whip on the back of the horse pulling it. Can I tell you something? That's what false guilt is. It's, 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 it's living your life in fear. It's like a whip coming across your back because you're so worried about living your life for people. Can I tell you something? You can't live your life for people. You can only live your life for one person, and that is Jesus Christ. 
You know, sadly, for so many people today, you're living your life tangled up in this false guilt. And, and, and again, it could be because you're wanting the approval of other people. It could also be because of the past sins in your life. You know, I've talked to people before and said, man, pastor, I've asked God to forgive me a thousand times, but I just can't let it go. And so as a result, what people do is they will try to do better and better and better. In other words, I need to be good uh, enough. I can't be just at this level. I've got to be at this level. And so I've got to try real hard. And if I try real hard, then I won't feel guilty. But the opposite is actually true there. And, you know, this was actually true in the first century church in Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. The Apostle Paul said this, he said, are you so foolish? Come on, let's put that in 2020 language. What's wrong with you, brother? You know, are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? You know, there's this attitude that says, the harder I try, the less guilty I will feel. But again, we know that that is not true. And so there's this battle going on with so many people to, to tell the difference between false guilt and genuine guilt. So you may be asking the question, how do I tell the difference? Well, you've got to ask yourself two things. Number one, is the source of guilt right now I'm feeling, is it, is it coming from people or is it coming from God? You know, someone once said that false guilt is that which comes as a result of judgments and suggestions of men. But it goes on to say that genuine guilt is that which comes as a result of the boundary set for us by God. Hear me today. If you are struggling with guilt that has been placed on you by people, then you're going to always strive for approval. You're going to be what is known as an approval junkie because you're going to feel like I need everybody's approval in order to do what I want to do. But listen to what the Bible says. Proverbs 29 verse 25 the fear of man is a what? A dangerous trap. But to trust God means safety. Now why is that? Why? Because if you use all of your energy trying to live up to someone else's standard, then you will never be the person God intended you to be. So again, you've got to ask yourself, this guilt I'm feeling, is it coming from people or is it coming from God? And then here's the second thing you've got to ask. This guilt I'm feeling, is it vague or is it specific? Which one is it? You know, I know people that said, man, I just don't understand. There's this fog of guilt that's on me. I, I just feel guilty all the time. And, and, and I say to them, okay, well, well, what is that guilt going back to? Well, you know, I don't really know. Well, listen, if, if that's your answer, then odds are the enemy of your soul is talking to you and not God. Why? Because remember God's purpose in guilt? It's a warning light. It's something that's coming on saying, hey, there's an area of your life that needs attention. You need to do this. You need to address this. And, and guys, I don't know about you, but when I've messed up, when, when, when I've brought shame upon God, that genuine guilt comes in. God, I, I can't get away from it. I mean, I hear it everywhere I go. I get on social media and people are talking about the very issue that I'm dealing with. I log on to Bridge Church Online and I'm watching the pastors preach and they're preaching on the very thing that I'm wrestling with. I get in a bridge group and the discussion questions and the study they're doing is about the very thing I'm dealing with. I open up the scriptures and every scripture I read is talking about the thing I'm dealing with. It's always in my face. You understand, when it's genuine guilt from God, you can't get away from it. You know exactly what it is. And God's saying, hey, here's how you need to deal with it. So 
here's the question you got to ask yourself. How do, we, how do we handle guilt? Well, there's actually three different ways you can do it. There's the accusers. What, what are the accusers? If you go back to the book of Genesis and look at Adam, Adam was the first man. Adam was also the first accuser. He called, he, you know, he got caught eating a fruit and my brother took it like a man and blamed his wife. Come on, somebody. Listen, if you ladies are watching right now, look at your husband and say, you know, amen, you know. But, but he, he blamed his wife, but he didn't stop there. He even blamed God. He said, Lord, the woman you gave me, there's the accusers. And listen, you can take that approach if you want to, but it won't turn the light off. There's also the excusers. Well, you know, I, I just can't help it. It's, I'm a victim here. I didn't get the breaks that everybody else got, and so it's not my fault. And so there's the excusers. And again, you can take that approach with your past, but it's not going to turn the light off. There's really only one way to really deal with guilt, and that is what is called the choosers. And the choosers, what do they do? They choose God's way of dealing with guilt. And what is that? That's grace. That's grace. Someone asked one time, what exactly is grace? Here's what grace is. It's God's free gift received by faith, available to everyone, and it comes through Christ and it extends through eternity. That's what grace is. So then the question comes in, how do I choose grace? Well, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 tells us how we do that. It says, if we what? If we confess our sins. He, talking about God, He will forgive us our sins because we can trust God to do what is right and He will cleanse us from all the wrongs we have done. So how do I deal with guilt? This guilt that, that tears me up on the inside. This guilt that tries to steal my identity. I've got to be willing to confess my sins. How do I do that? There's, there's really three things here. The first one is simply this, you, you tell God. You tell God. You're, you're honest with God about what's going on in your life. Psalms chapter 69 verse 5 says this, God, you know what I've done wrong. How many of you know that we serve an all-knowing, all-seeing God that never sleeps nor slumbers? There are no skeletons in our closet that God doesn't know about. God, you know what I've done wrong. I cannot hide my guilt from you. So you've got to be willing to tell God. You've got to be willing to open up to God. You know, people oftentimes ask, man, what, you know, what is the definition of sin? I mean, what is really sin? And the best way I can describe sin to you is really centered around the middle letter of the word, the letter I. That's what sin is. It's all centered around I. It's me looking at God saying, God, I'm in charge. It's this, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to live my life. God, if I need you, I'll call you. I want to be the CEO. And if I can be honest with you, that's why there's so many good moral people out there that still don't have the grace of God working in their life. So hear me today. Sin is not so much about what you do or don't do. Sin is about who's in charge. And I want you to lean in right now. God is in charge. We are not. You say, well, pastor, I don't know about that. No, listen. All God's got to do is not think about you being here 
and you're not going to be here. So God is in charge. And so if you want to turn the warning light off, you've got to be willing to confess your sins to God. God, hey, I messed up. I did this. I turned left when I should have turned right. Turned right. God, forgive me for that. Listen, there's no more excusing. There's no more accusing. There's no more pointing the fingers. It's pulling the thumb and confessing, saying, God, it's my fault, but I'm choosing grace right here. I need you in my heart and I need you in my life. Unfortunately, for many, there's some things going on in your past that you're not willing to deal with. You're not willing to tell God about it. You're hiding it. And as a result, these past sins are holding you in a present prison. And you say, well, you know, I'm all right. I'm dealing with it. No, the light is on. The light is on. And the only way to turn that light off in your life is to simply tell God what's going on. And unfortunately, you have allowed these things in your past, these labels that the enemy has put on you, you have allowed these past things to define who you are today. So you go up to a mirror and you look at the mirror and you don't see what God sees. You don't see love and grace and compassion and forgiveness. What do you see? You see gambling. You see drug abuse. This is what you see. These are labels the enemy has put on you. But let me encourage you to do something. Get you a pencil and a piece of paper. Write these things down. Take and pull them off the mirror and say, you know what? This is not who I am. This is not who, this may be what you have done, but this is not who you are. You have to take the truth of God's word and combat it with what the enemy is saying against you. So Lord, no, I'm not a gambler. I'm not this. I'm not that. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. For some of you, you go and you look at a mirror and what do you see? You see liar up here. And so what do you do? This is not who you are. You simply need to pull that off and say, God, this is not who I am. I am redeemed. I have accepted you. This is what I did, but this is not who I am. Don't let the labels of your past define you. For some of you, you go and you look at the mirror and you don't see love. You don't see peace. You see a failed marriage. Listen, this is not who you are. This is what the enemy says you are. But hear me, you need to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, God, I'm going to acknowledge you. I'm going to follow you and you will direct my paths. Again, you've got to combat the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. Be who God says you are. So here's what you need to do. You need to take all of these labels, the labels of your past, the labels that the enemy has put on you, the labels that even people have put on you. You need to go out somewhere. You need to build a fire and you need to take all of this and say, you know what? As an act of faith, this is not who I am. So I am going to put this in the fire. I'm going to burn this. And you just need to let the enemy of your soul know I might have done what you said I did but I'm not who you say I am I am a child of the king I am forgiven I'm no longer a slave to sin but I am free today you've got to tell God and say God this is what's going on in my life and again for some as an act of faith you may need to burn this stuff in your life so how do I get free? How do I see what God sees? Number one, I've got to tell God what's going on in my life. Number two, I've got to trust God's character. 
Where do I find that? Again, 1 John 1, 9, He will forgive our sins because we can trust God to do what's right. So how do I do that? See, far too many people today, they're willing to confess their sins, but they're never willing to get to know the God who has forgiven them. But listen to me today, guys. You need to know who God is. You need to understand that this is a God that loves you. This is a God that cares for you. And you can depend on Him. You can count on His faithfulness. People say oftentimes, you know, I've, I've not got close to God because I don't feel forgiven. Can I tell you something? That is a lie and a trap of the enemy. The closer you get to God, the more forgiven you feel, the more love you feel, the more compassion you feel. You feel that. As long as you hold God at arm's length, listen, you'll never feel forgiven. That's why the writer in Hebrews said in Hebrews 10, Let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith. Why? Because we have been made free from a guilty conscience. And listen, that's what the cross of Christ is all about. It's about us having the chance, the privilege, the honor to come before this awesome God. A God that created us. A God that says heaven is His throne and earth is His footstool. We have an opportunity to come near to that God. Listen, you'll never become the person God intended you to be unless you're willing to say, God, here's where I messed up at. Unless you're willing to trust the character of God. But then here's the third one. This is the big one, guys. You have to be willing to accept God's forgiveness. John 3, 18, it says, People who believe in God's Son are not judged guilty. Hear me today. If God does not judge you guilty anymore, why are you judging yourself guilty? Listen, God is saying that through Christ Jesus, my son, I'm willing to pronounce you not guilty just as if you never sinned before. The question is, will you take advantage of that offer? Pastor, you don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand the the sins of my past. You don't understand the life that I've lived. Surely it can't be that easy for me just to simply tell God, for me to trust in His character and just accept His forgiveness. Surely it's not that easy, and you're absolutely right. It, It wasn't. You see, Jesus Christ went to the cross and died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And he was buried in the tomb, but but how many of you know he didn't stay there? Three days later, he rose from the grave. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the circumstances are of your life, you can get up from that through Christ Jesus because he made us free. Well, Pastor, you don't understand the hurts. Can I tell you something? Jesus does. Pastor, you don't understand the lies. Jesus does. You don't understand the drugs I've used and all of these things. Jesus does. And when you accept Christ, when you say, God, this is what I've done, forgive me. And you trust in His character and you accept His forgiveness. Now when you woke up to a mirror, guess what? You don't see the sins of your past. You don't see the labels that the enemy has put on you. You see one word and that word is forgiven. You are forgiven today. Listen, nobody has a right to label you but your maker. And your maker is God Almighty. And Jesus Christ, His Son, has provided a way so that we could see what He sees in us. You are forgiven today. You accept that? You receive that? I just kind of feel in my heart that maybe some of you watching right now, maybe you need this scripture. It comes from Psalms chapter 32, verse 5. And it says, I finally admitted, listen to this, all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide them. 
I'm not hiding them anymore. I'm just being open. I'm being honest about that. I said to myself, I will confess them to the Lord. Watch the two promises of this scripture. And Lord, you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. Why? Because you are forgiven. So would you just be willing to do that right there, wherever you're at, in your home, in your car, wherever you are. Would you just be willing to accept what God is offering to you today? And that is forgiveness. Don't let the labels of your past define you. That may have been what you did, but listen, guys, that's not who you are. God's got great plans for you. He loves you. He cares for you. And He's offering you and I forgiveness today. So if you mean business with God, can I tell you something? He means business with you. So right there where you are, let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, Father, I've sinned. I've messed up. But Lord, today, I want to resign as the CEO of my life. I want to give you my heart. I want to give you everything in me. And God, I'm asking you now, all of these things that have been in my past, Lord, there, there's a light that's been on on the dashboard of my heart, but God, today, I want that light to be turned off. And I'm coming to you. Cleanse me. Forgive me. God, I accept it from you today. Forgiveness and freedom and love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Guys, if you have prayed that prayer, can I just tell you something? Right now in heaven, the Bible tells us that there is a wild, outrageous party happening. The angels in heaven are celebrating. And can I just tell you something? We here at Bridge Church, we are celebrating with you as well. And so do me a favor right now. I want you to text NEW LIFE to the number on your screen. Let me say that again. Text the word NEW LIFE to the number on the screen in front of you. When you do that, there's going to be somebody there to pray with you. There's going to be somebody there to connect with you. And most of all, we're celebrating with you. It's the greatest decision you've made in your life. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Be blessed.